and welcome to the Trinity St. Andrews United Church in Brighton podcast. You know, we're still looking for a good name. Please send us your ideas. This year, as part of our online worship, we decided to offer podcasts of Bible stories. And our goal is to bring the stories to life, have a little fun, learn about the Bible and our faith at the same time. And this is the second of three podcasts for the season of Lent in 2021. So check out the one we did a few weeks ago on Pancake Tuesday and look forward to another one coming up at the end of March for Palm Sunday. All through Lent, we are learning about the promises that God makes with people and all other creatures on earth. And the fancy word for these promises is covenant. And one of the first covenant stories we have is Noah's Ark. I think almost every person who has ever heard of Christianity or Judaism knows the story of Noah's Ark. Our kids' room when they were growing up was painted like Noah's Ark. There's all these kids' books and toys of the animals and the ship itself. It's a well-known story, right? Or is it? How well do you really know the story? Now, in a minute, we're going to hear a retelling that is very close to the original Bible story. But first, I thought I would ask some friends to tell the story in their own words. So I have recruited some storytellers, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hello, my name is Sandy Candeloro, and I'm here today with my two daughters. Granny and Ellie. I'm William. Nice to meet you. I'm Michael. Nice to meet you. I love you. Hello. My name is Colleen. Okay. So now we're going to hear their story. And you're going to notice that everybody remembers things a little differently. The essence or the core of the story is the same, but sometimes the details get a little bit fuzzy. And I bet you that no matter how many more people I invited to do this, there would be that many more different details remembered. Funny, isn't it? So let's hear the story of Noah's Ark as remembered by Sandra, Gwenny and Ellie, William and Michael, and Colleen. This is the story of Noah's Ark. Sometime after God created the universe, everything went wrong. Everyone was mean to each other. Noah was the only person who was nice. In the beginning, God was angry at the people. So God decided that he was going to make a big flood. And what did God ask Noah to do? Make an ark. No Noah was asked to b- build a boat out because God had told him to. The Lord told Noah to build an arky arky. So Noah started to build this ark. Well, it was huge. It was far bigger than many dozens of battleships that we would have today. With no power tools in those days, it took him a very, very long time to build his ark. And what else did he ask Noah to do? To make sure that. In the ark, there was at least two of each kind of animal. That's right. He sent all the animals, and and then they went into a wooden ship. Then God told him to gather up two of each animal 
and seeds from all the plants and animals in the world. One of the animals asked Nola if we could do this six by six, but Nola said no. They all came marching two by two, hurrah, hurrah. Then Noah gathered up his family and his extended family. They boarded the ark, pulled up the gangplank, and it began to rain. A flood happened. How long did it rain for? Forty days and forty nights. And then Noah and his family and all the animals were living on the ark for over a hundred days. When one day the rain stopped and the waters began to recede a little bit. Very soon the ark caught on the side of a mountaintop and was stabilized there. Noah wondered whether it was safe to let the things off of the ark or not. After the flood, he sent a raven out. The raven came back. Then, another day, he sent a dove out. The, the dove brought a small ginkgo leaf back. So he sent a dove out. He sent this dove for several days, and she kept coming back. One day, though, she brought back an olive leaf. He knew at that time that it was safe for him to open the doors, let the animals and this family off of the ark. And when did Noah know that it was, that the flood was over? What happened to the dove? Because the dove did not come back. The dove didn't come back. So then what was the promise that was made between Noah and God? Not to make a flood again. Not to make a flood again. And how did God show his promise? By making a rainbow. A rainbow appeared in the sky I, because God said no more floods. And in order to show that he did mean his promise, he created the rainbow so that it is our promise that we will never be flooded out again. Red and yellow and pink and green, purple and orange and blue. God made us a rainbow, yes, a rainbow, as a rainbow too. Oh, I just love that. Thank you so much, all of you, for that wonderful retelling. So now, I ideally would like to read it straight from the Bible so you can hear what the so-called original sounds like. The problem is, in the Bible, it's actually four chapters long. And trust me, that is really long. So with your permission, I'd like you to listen now to a version that Ralph Milton wrote. And Ralph Milton is a pretty funny guy in the United Church of Canada. He's written a lot of books about our church and about our faith, including is collection of Bible stories for every Sunday morning in the church year. So we can use these in church. And so now I'd like you to hear his version as read by the Bonnesteel family. So this is Carrie, Griffin, and Hadley Bonnesteel. God sends a rainbow. When people see a rainbow in the sky, they often think about God. When people long ago saw a rainbow, they thought about God too. 
and they remembered the story of the Noah family. They were sure the Noah family must have seen a wonderful <coughs> rainbow after it had rained so hard. Maybe the rainbow was God's way of reminding them of the covenant. Here's a story they told about the rainbow. Everyone was so glad when the rain stopped and the flood was over. Noah's grandchildren climbed out of the smelly ark and rolled around on the new grass. It was such fun. Well, sighed old Noah, that was quite an adventure. I'm glad it's over. It wasn't over. The best part of the adventure was still to come. I'm going to make a covenant with you, said God. This covenant will be with you and your children, and your children's children, and your children's children's children forever. My covenant is not just with you. It's with all those animals and birds you had in the ark. In fact, it's with every living thing. My covenant is with the whole world. The Noah family must have been looking puzzled. They didn't really know what a covenant was. So God told them. This covenant means that I promise not to send any more f floods to cover the w whole world, even though people forget my love. I won't destroy any everything the way I did this time. That's my, that's my part of the covenant. Here's your part. I am giving everything to you and the people in the world. I am giving you the birds that fly in the air, the animals that walk on the ground, and the fish that swim in the sea, the grass and the flowers and the trees, everything is yours. Please take good care of it and be good to each other. Take care of each other. I don't want any more killing. And I have a special surprise to help you remember my covenant. Look, then the whole... Then the whole world seemed to smile a funny, upside-down kind of smile. It seemed as if, as if everything was painted in color. The Noah family and the animals and birds just stopped and looked up and said... Oh, wow, said one of Noah's children. It was a rainbow, a glorious rainbow in all the colors of the world. This is a rainbow. This rainbow is a sign of my covenant, said God. Years and years from now, when people see my rainbow, they remember my covenant with all the people of the world and every living thing. As long as there is a world, summer and winter, seed time and harvest, when it's cold and when it's hot, day and night, whenever the sun shines through the rain, they remember my promise, I will be their God. Always and forever. Thank you so much, you three. So that's the story. At least that's the story how Ralph Milton tells it. So there's another thing that's hard about a story like this. And that's, like, what does it actually mean? I mean, it's a great story and we ha have all kinds of action and suspense and it makes for great movies. But when you think that this story is actually about God and us, I think it changes it a little. Because you start to wonder, well, what is it saying about us and about how God feels about us? And would God really send a flood to destroy us? When we talk about this story in Bible study or just like anytime we're having a conversation, people have really hard questions. 
How do you tell this story today, for instance, when we know that because of climate change, oceans are rising and people are losing their homes, their livelihood, even their lives? And then other people will point out, well, this is a great story if you're Noah, but, you know, what about all the rest of humanity? Ultimately, I guess what all these people are asking me is, can we trust God? Well, I'm not going to pretend to have the answer to any of those questions, but I wonder if maybe we need to be asking a different question. This story has been with us for thousands of years, and there is debate over when it was written. The Bible says that Moses wrote the story, but a lot of people who study the Bible today think that it might have been written at a time when the people of Israel were living far away from Israel, from their home. They had been taken away, and so... There they were in captivity, and they're wondering, well, who are we, and does God still love us? Can we trust God? I think most of us can relate to having our lives completely changed overnight. We can relate to feeling insecure and wondering if the world is a safe place, and honestly, maybe some of us are even asking if we can trust God. I mean, here we are in the middle of a pandemic, COVID-19, and our entire world is being held hostage by a virus. And you know what? This story answers that question, can we trust God? And I know even though God caused the flood in this story and even though people died and animals died and the earth was destroyed, there was so much devastation in this story. What we learn at the end of the day is that God won't do it again. In Genesis 8, it says, The Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of humankind, nor will I ever again destroy every living creature as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, dry and night, shall not cease. When we look at the cute animal picture books and murals and kids' clothing and toys, we can forget how confusing this story really can be. It is complicated. But we need to remember that this is a human story and it's been told to help us make sense of the world. It has stayed in our Bible for all of these thousands of years because it contains a great truth that we cannot forget. God loves us. God promises to have our backs. God sends a beautiful bow to light up the sky that makes us pull over when we're driving. It sends me outside after a storm to look at it. It feels like something really special is happening when we see it because it reminds us that God loves us. So just take that certainty home with you. And honestly, if you forget how many animals went on the ark or, or what kind of a bird it was that Noah sent out and what kind of a branch it was that mysterious bird brought back, if you don't remember any of those other details in the end, just remember God loves you. God loves me. God loves us all. So thank you for listening to this second of three podcasts for Lent 2021. And the next one, as I said, is coming out on Palm Sunday, which is March 28th. But in the meantime, if you would like to be a part of any of these podcasts, make sure you send us a message, email, text, whatever, and let us know. Because we want to get as many voices as we can in bringing these beautiful Bible stories to life. 
So thank you. God bless you. And remember, God loves you.